Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. My name is the very, very mage, Peter Rosenberg, and I'm joined by the physically large stat guy, Greg. SGG, how are you? I'm doing great, but I have to correct you, though. Did you say the very, very mage, Peter Rosenberg? Because I, I recall... Uh... The Iconics, they called you Repug over the weekend. You guys really seem to like Carmella. Yeah. 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 She's mage. Mage new. Totally guys. mage. She is wow. mage. Wow. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Ew, you're a pug, Peter. <laughs> you're, you're a, a pug. pug. Yo, you're getting roasted, Peter. <laughs> Carmella, he's mage. Peter's a pug. A pug. Oh, I love it. I love, love it. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I remember. It was, a, it was a scary moment, you know, when I, when I saw momentarily that my own language was stolen from me by the iconics and then used against me and then used against you yeah it was it was one of the most tragic moments i've ever seen in all my years loving pro wrestling <laughs> um so sgg start off by saying um how are you are you having a great week are you feeling all right I am having a great week. I am enjoying myself. How are you? Oh, you're enjoying yourself. I am enjoying myself. How are you? I'm good. Um, I enjoyed myself at um, at Backlash. Uh, I thought it was a good time, um, especially for me. I got to have just fun interactions with people. Um, as obnoxious as the Iconics are, I I have to say I did enjoy dealing with their tomfoolery. If you will. Now, is there any coincidence that uh, they called you a pug just right after, days after you confused them for being uh, from New Zealand, not Australia? You know what? That's a very good point out of you, SGG. Maybe that is what upset the Iconics. I don't know. But then I'd ask you this. What what, what did I do to the Miz? Why, 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 why am I always under attack from the Miz? And a really personal... Yeah, everyone's under attack from the Miz. I think, I think, you're, I think he's threatened by your rise. Well, you, your meteoric rise. The show that Miz built. Talking smack. Well, it's not what are you doing It's here? not technically talking smack. What are you doing here? What's your name again? Peter Rosenberg. Peter Rosenberg. We've met What's your, a couple times. We're, we're, I don't forget your name. You're, you have a forgetful face. Thank oh. you. I appreciate what, that. What needles have you ever, ever moved? I, I in to, anything. Do you I, move, do you move the needle I, in, in, on, on radio? I try to move do needles. Do you? What's the name of your show? I, I'm on two shows. What's the name of your show? Ebro in the morning. Oh, where's your name? It's not. <laughs> it's not on there. It's not on there. Wow. Well, no, I'm also on the Michael K show, though. Where, where's your name? Aren't you the talent? Wouldn't that anger you? Because that would anger me. Oh, well, you know, I want to start off instead of having to do a read in the middle of the show. I want to start off with a read right now. Okay, I'm going to be very quick, but I'm going to dedicate this to the Miz. Okay. Uh, Cheap heat this week is brought to you. By our dearest of friends at fourhims.com. Okay? Fourhims.com. Um, here's the deal. If you're dealing with any sort of issue that men can deal with, whether it's, um, sexual, whether it's, uh, losing your hair, whatever it may be, it's kind of tough to deal with. So what do you do? What you do is you go to forhims.com. What that allows you to do is handle these problems in the privacy of your own home while still getting the best products imaginable. And at the same time, you support the Cheap Heat Podcast. It's amazing. In fact, our listeners right now will get a trial month of Hims for just $5, okay? While supplies last only, of course, but if you head to the website right now, forhims.com, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash cheap, you can support the podcast and get the trial month for $5. So no matter what issue you may be dealing with um, and you, you want to get it taken care of and you want to do it in the easiest, most convenient, least embarrassing way possible, go to forhims.com slash cheap, support the podcast and take care of yourself. 
Mental health, physical health, all very important. That's why we want him to be the physically healthy stack guy, Greg. So SGG, is there anything from outside the ring before we get into backlash, before we get into uh, the, the madness that was the week in pro wrestling? Is there anything outside the ring you want to talk about? So um, apparently Ronda Rousey's four horsewomen, the remaining two, ah, yes. uh, Jessamine Duke and uh, Marina... Well, do we call her Strong now? I don't know. She's married to Roderick Strong. But um, they appeared at the Performance Center, or they reported to the Performance Center, I should say, this past week. So uh, it looks like they're they're gearing up for for their run in the in the wrestling ring. Yeah, the entire Four Horsemen now all there, uh, which is pretty interesting. Obviously, Shayna Baszler's already. Gotten things going on her end, and obviously Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey. Um, now, do you have anything else? Or because I kind of want, I, I could use Ronda Rousey to say something about backlash, which is it is interesting to have a pay per view and have a new talent as big as Ronda Rousey and have her not play any role in backlash. Yeah, at least at least I thought it was interesting. strange. It's strange, but I guess it's not that strange. Being that how how big of a star she is, they might be saving her uh, actual wrestling matches for uh, for bigger stages. Yeah, I guess so. You know, um, I, it it makes sense, and maybe that the next, maybe at Money in the Bank, I'm sure that she will have an involvement, and we'll figure that out. But um, yeah, it just felt weird that to not have her do anything. I don't know, not even see her at all. She seems like she's been such a big part of things. But anyways, uh, SGG, what was your overall feeling on Backlash? I was a little bit too close to it. So tell me what you and the WWE Universe and the Cheap Heat Universe, the Peckerheads, were you enjoying yourself or nah? Um, Mostly I was enjoying myself, but at, uh, the bar was set so high by um, Miz and Seth. That it, you know, they really made it tough on the rest of the, on the rest of the the their coworkers and their colleagues with the with that high quality match. Um, it felt like everybody knew what was going to happen, you know, that the It's Continental Championship was going to stay on Raw, but the match was so so well performed um, by both guys that. For a split second, you really believed that um, that the Miz was going to walk out Intercontinental Champion, and then that's not to say that the rest of the matches of the night were bad, um, because I really did enjoy the AJ Styles and and Nakamura match too, up until the up until the end. You, you didn't enjoy the um, end? No, I did. I didn't enjoy the end because I was looking for a finish, though. I was looking for a a, a definitive finish one way or the other so i didn't enjoy i mean it was poetic for sure but um i didn't enjoy the the double the no contest double countdown although i did think it was well done i gotta tell you i, I really did i liked the end of the match i'm not saying i like the result necessarily but right I, I liked how it was executed i thought it was well executed um first of all uh shout out to ruby riot who I've been trying to tell y'all is Mage. Um, I seems like I still get people resisting me on this, including Dipperstein. They'll come around. Uh, Dipperstein, you're wrong. I'm telling you right now, you are wrong. I don't know what it is you're not seeing in Ruby Riot, you know, but I really, I see it from Ruby Riot, at least in Ring. I mean, we don't know much about her personality on this level yet, but we do know what she, I don't know, just like the character, the look, what she does in Ring, credibility, I'm into Ruby Riot. Um and she gets the win over Bailey, which I enjoyed. I agree, Miz and Seth was dope. Um though again, a little bit of that greatest Royal Rumble feel and that you just know it's not gonna change hands. You just know the IC title's not coming to SmackDown. That's probably that's yeah. probably my only issue there. Um Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, a match in which Alexa was was hurt in some way. Do we have any details on how Alexa's doing? Is she good? She's on the road again. She's fine, right? Yeah, I think she's fine. Um, she's fine. Yeah, there were reports that both Alexa Bliss and Charlotte um, were injured, but they 
they both seem to be fine. I think they both are on that European tour. Uh, yeah, I, so. I definitely saw Alexa Bliss iced up afterwards and um, seeming to be in some pain. Um, but it turns out her things were negative and she's straight. Um, did you enjoy the match though between Nia and Alexa? I did. I did. Um, my one critique though is always the same critique that I, that I have when they, when they mix it up is that I feel like Alexa gets in a little bit too much offense, but, um, but that's just because I want Nia to look stronger. Well, but they also, it's also a little bit of a disservice. I believe that was done to Alexa for a long time was not letting her ever look strong enough. Um, you know, granted, she's a dastardly bad guy, but I still think that when you want her to be able to then have good matches, you have to have an established history that she can. And yeah, that is, that becomes, that contrast is especially stark when she's up against someone as like huge and formidable as Nia Jax. Um, Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Did you enjoy it? It was a match. I mean, Wow. I feel like they both kind Blowing of it endorsement. In. That doesn't sound like you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> not, not really. Not with that one. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything really different or special from either one of them. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool, but I hear what you're saying. Um, sort of feels a little bit holdover for both of those guys. I, I, the Elias segment, you know, I thought it was disrespectful that Elias wasn't able to perform during the pay-per-view. Same. I, I was all in on it. Like, I, I really was. Um, I popped when I heard, hello, I am Elias. And then for every interruption, like, I got more and more uh, pissed off. So I, I was hooked. And I'm with you. I would have loved uh, Elias perf- to get a chance to why, actually perform. Why is it so hard to root against Elias, even though he's so great and, like, his character is bad? Like, why why is it impossible to not, in my opinion... I mean, you saw I popped on camera during the uh, uh, post show when he performed. Why is it so difficult to root against Elias? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can say is because he's so talented. Um, he really is. And that's not even just in the ring talent. I mean, like with the with the guitar and the, and the, you know, the. The musical genius that is Elias and, and his, his level of confidence, all of it is just like a perfect storm of likability, even though he doesn't carry himself, uh, in a way that is begging to be liked by anybody. And he's just so damn good at it that I, I, I can't help but before I, I loved on the kickoff show when he kept being like, you know, I'm good friends with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and, yeah. and I was like, is he here tonight? And he was like, no, no, he's not here tonight, but he's watching from home and I'm going to see him later. I just, I, I, <laughs> I find him very enjoyable. Um, Big Cass and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan carried Cass to a, to a decent match. I won't say it was good or great, but, um, but yeah, Daniel Bryan proved that he, he still got it. Like, well, let's he he can still go. Let's talk about my MVP for the night, and not just because her and I are finding some common ground finally, but I really do think, in terms of surprising me and putting together something exactly how it's supposed to be done, can we show love to the Princess of Staten Island, Carmella? Oh, of course, I, I, of course. I thought she really. There you go. Thank you. Salute the Princess of Staten Island. In my yes. in my opinion, the Floyd Mayweather of the WWE. I I really enjoyed her on uh on Sunday. I really thought she you know, we don't know what she's truly capable of in ring. She has not had she hadn't even had a one on one match. I don't know how long it had been since she'd had a legit one on one match. That's how long she was running around. Before Sunday? Yeah, she was running around with her briefcase not having matches for like the better part of a year. And she gets put in a title defense against a obviously very talented Charlotte. And I don't know, man, like the, the, the repeated hold positions 
with her just screaming in Charlotte's face. I just think it. Well, like people don't appreciate those those rest holds and all that, but like, listen, man, that is sometimes that makes for good wrestling because um, you know the crowd they they follow Daniel Bryan if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. And so you know the crowd was hot for Daniel Bryan when he just made Cass pop out. I um, mean, tap out. And um, sometimes when a crowd is that hot going into your match. They're really not into into your match, so you sort of have to kill the crowd to get them back into it and get them fully behind you. Which you know people don't appreciate the rest holds, but sometimes that's just like the genius of the guys in the ring. It's like let's kill this crowd and let's hit the reset button on this crowd so that when we get them back into it, you know we can we can take claim for for how strong our match actually is. And um, when Charlotte finally got going. You saw, like, the crowd got into it, and the match ended up being really good. Yeah, and I, I thought she landed her kicks beautifully. Um, She just gets heat. Like, Carmella legitimately gets heat. And I got to tell you, you want to talk about people who are not with a life? I, I had multiple messages, uh, SGG, when I looked on Twitter after the show. I had multiple messages from people... With blue checks who talk about wrestling. Like that's what they do. Right. Who were irate at me calling Carmella the Floyd Mayweather of WWE. Irate. As if it was um No, uh, let me just be honest. They don't know what they're watching. Like this is something Michael K talks about a lot with people in baseball. They don't People who are really into certain things literally don't know what they're talking about. They don't get it. Like, do they not understand what her character is? Or maybe do they not view Floyd Mayweather as a heel? Or do they feel like it's apples to apples? If you're making a literal athletic comparison, it's not fair. I think that's what, I think that's what it was that they, they, um, well, number one problem is they didn't listen because right after you said, right after you called her the Floyd Mayweather of WWE, you explained why you said that. So like you qualified it. You made it very specific in that, um, people don't want to see her win. You may not like it. And then you might not, she finds a way to you win. You might not like what she yeah. does. You might not, you might not, she might choose to do. Floyd Mayweather made an entire career. No matter how great you think he is as a fighter. You're not being honest as an observer if you think that he took all the fights people wanted to see. That's just not what his career was. He took some. Sometimes you got the fight. But for the most part, it was him strategically picking and doing everything he could to have great matches, but to always put himself in the best position to win. And his number one concern was always the money. His name is Money Mayweather. That's who he is. So I actually think the comparison is perfect. Couldn't be better. And I'm going to use it with her now forever because it also (laughs) got you angry. And guess what Carmella's character is supposed to do? Get you angry. Do you even know what you're watching? Why do you watch wrestling if you don't know what a bad guy's job is? That's what she's about. Why do you think she has melabrations? Do you think it's so she can be legitimately loved? Well, I'm gonna love it. I'm, I can't wait for the for the royal melabration next week. Personally, Oh, it's time, right? We all yeah, it's... we all deserve a beautiful melabration, don't we? Yeah, it's it's long overdue, honestly. Well, yes, and it's a very – and now it's the perfect opportunity. Dare I say it's a really relevant time to do this. Well, yeah. Like you got the royal wedding coming up. Everybody's um, – you know, it's, and they're going to be in London next week. Just capitalize on the whole thing. She is the princess of Long Island. She has been. So um, now she has some gold around her waist. It's time for a proper coronation. Absolutely. And everyone must sit back and enjoy the melibration. Uh, Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. I, I was a, a kind of preparing for the 
post show at that point. So I watched it, of course, but I didn't necessarily get to spend all the time um, breaking it down and thinking about the crowd in regards to it. So tell me how it went. Um, yeah, I feel like the crowd... Roman Reigns matches are tough to evaluate, right? Because the crowd, they they throw tantrums and they try not to be into it. But then like when he does his signature stuff, like they're really into it. So I don't know. Like I, Sometimes I want to say that the crowd wasn't into it or that they weren't feeling it, especially like when you go online and read people's comments afterwards. But, but, uh, and I guess maybe, um, Juanito or somebody who was actually in the crowd would be a better person to ask for this one. But for me at home watching it personally, I enjoyed the Roman Reigns Samoa Joe match. But then if you read, uh, the comments online, that match came off, um, like a dud. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know how many of these online evaluations are fair. So it's tough. But um, as an observer at home, it does look like the crowd is usually into his matches and into his moves and everything up until the closing bell. Like he gets booed at two points, when the at the opening bell and the closing bell. And sometimes when he gets some offense in between. But, um, yeah, it's tough. It's hard to tell. I'm just a little... I don't think people are as turned off with him as they claim. Well, I, I don't know. I, I can't I can't tell. I, I mean, listen, he, he elicits reaction for sure. But it also feels like we have to start figuring out a new direction as we head towards Money in the Bank. And that can take us towards a conversation about Raw. But my question is, did did... Did the match do anything for did the match do anything for Samoa Joe? Um I'd say so. I'd say yeah, because I feel like he he did have a chance to look strong against Roman Reigns, even though it was a losing effort. Um and that's like you said, um Carmella's there to elicit a certain reaction and Joe's there to do a certain thing too, and Joe's there to not necessarily win matches. But um, but hurt people, and it's tough because it's Roman Reigns. So then the argument is going to be that he didn't look like he was hurt at all. But um, but Joe did get in some offense. It wasn't a squash. You know, it certainly wasn't a squash. I just in the beginning of it was super intriguing, but it was sort of weird. Like to to start off with that match. Um, I mean, to close out with that match and then start the match with him just beating him senselessly outside the ring, which gets you going a certain direction. And then before you know it, it's we're now like lulled to sleep, sort of. Yeah. Well, I, that's the that's the confusing part, too, though. I don't know why they closed out with that match. I feel like the WWE title match should have closed out the show. Um, but I guess with that ending, they didn't want to send people home with that. And and so what is the what is the eventual payoff for the Shinsuke AJ situation? So we had one definitive finish at WrestleMania and since then it's just nutshot city, right? What <laughs> right. What is our what is our goal there? I think like they have to have a definitive finish in this no disqualification. What are they doing next? Are they doing a last man standing now, right? Well, that's been announced already for Money in the Bank. I believe it has. They're doing last. They're going last man standing with it for Money in the Bank. Let me t- let me tell you what we have officially for Money in the Bank. Who do you think the people are who instantly, like the second the shows end, go on Wikipedia to start making the the. Yo, they're doing God's work, man. I'll tell you that right now. All right, so no, there's the only official matches on this right now are the Money in the Bank matches, and that's just the two Money in the Bank matches too. Not even the because they have to be doing a tag team Money in the Bank, right? That's the thing. That's what everyone's saying. Well, the tag teams were giving Money in the Bank promos on Monday and Tuesday. 
And that's but that's not listed. Yes, but it's not listed as an official match yet. Okay, so you know, hopefully that announcement is is coming soon. Do we otherwise. do we even want three Money uh, in the Bank matches? I don't think we do. I don't think the tag team Money in the Bank is necessary. But um, you know what though, they want to sell more of those briefcases, so they probably that's gonna be a thing that that happens, and it probably is gonna become a staple, depending on how um, how well received it is. But to to go back to your Shinsuke and AJ question, um, yeah, I feel like a last man standing is the is the the thing that makes sense because they need to get a definitive winner out of this, and I think that the the definitive winner um, needs to be Shinsuke. He needs a title run with this. Yeah, I go I go back and forth. Back- I, I think I think it makes more sense, but to, that's why to my point, I would have had Shinsuke win it at WrestleMania, turn the next night, and had AJ chasing him this whole time. You know, what's the point of culminating a story between a bad guy and a good guy with the bad guy winning? I don't feel like you're better off starting the story with the bad guy winning with the title, right? Yeah, but I mean, does that mean that AJ would have eventually got it back in a rematch or years down? I'll say this, though. It is crazy that it was a no-DQ match and they ended it in a no-contest. Yeah. It was really playing with literal rules, very literal rules. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a disqualification, so I guess we can give them a pass on that. But I, I feel like, in my mind, and I think I can speak for most people, is you hear no DQ and you think, okay, there must be a winner. Now, also, I, I think the, you're making up that stipulation. That has been not been announced anywhere. That is that is just a rumor. I'm reading right now on com. After Shinsuke made it clear that he and AJ Styles are not finished yet during the latest episode of SmackDown, many started to wonder what the next stipulation will be. The latest edition of the Wrestling Observer is what says that WWE is considering a last man standing match. Greg, you have to start drawing a line between what's on TV and what you're reading in the dirt sheets, dude. I mean, come on. We're trying to live a kayfabe-only life. I could have sworn Paige said, Paige said last man standing, but you're right. that That's my mistake. No, it's I'm spending too much time on the sheets. It all says popular stipulation or possible stipulation, I should say. Um What was the better show this week between SmackDown and Raw? I'm going to have to say I'm going to have to say Raw. I'm going to have to say Raw because um that Seth Rollins and Mojo Rowley match was 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 surprisingly surprisingly good. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would ever enjoy um, a Mojo Rowley match, and probably more than I will ever enjoy a Mojo Rowley match. How dare you? Um, he just doesn't do it for me right now. He really does not. But is that? Um, I mean, we've barely seen his wrestling, although we know he's not a you know special wrestling talent yet he's an athlete um i just never thought his character has had enough layers to it yeah and it still doesn't um it had it had more layers to it when he was a hype bro and just like a party dude all the time now and now like they took that away from him somewhat and now he's just like this angry guy but what's he angry about I don't know, and um, yeah, it doesn't translate to anything interesting in the ring to me. But with that said, I'd still enjoyed his match with Seth on. Um, well, that that that's on one of the Monday. reasons. That's one of the reasons Seth might be one of the best doing it in the game. Period. Top, top two, three. Seth. Well, I will say this. What will you say? I'll say this. Last year, I made a very bold statement about Seth Rollins, and people. Like, people went wild. I'm not ready to go and jump, double down back on that statement, um, but I will say that, like... Wow, look at you maturing. You're maturing, SGG. 
What was that? I said you're maturing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to throw gas on that fire yet, but it's good to see people coming around. And um, please believe that when that when the the popular opinion is is more on my side, I'm going to come through with the I told you so so fast <laughs> for everybody that came at my neck. But um but no, yeah, Seth is is definitely one of the greats. If you look at Sunday and Monday and just the quality of matches and how he was able to to give you that believability and that the competitiveness that you want out of a pro wrestling match. He's killing it right now. Um, I agree. He's, he is, I mean, I saw some quote, I feel like the other day from Mark Henry saying he could be like one of the greatest of all time. Um, or some <laughs> said that last year. <sighs> well, you're not Mark Henry SGG. You may both be physically large. Okay. <laughs> But you are not Mark Henry. But I still think that's a strong statement. Just, I, I do. Yo, he's definitely going into the Hall of Fame. He's definitely going to be in the top three on everybody's list when it's all said and done, yo. He, I, it's, wait, wait, wait. You're saying it's clear to me that he's definitely going to be on everybody's top three all time. Yes. I don't know if he's going to be one, two, or three, but he's going to be floating around that, that so, area. So, so tell me, whose place is he replacing? By the way, this is the moment in the podcast when, when people start leaning in and going, wait, hold on, Greg's losing his mind again. And this is not planned. This is not forced. This is just real-life no, crazy talk from not. SGG. I did not know about this. So, SGG, do me a favor and tell me. who if Listen, I'm going to say – I said it last year, and I said I wasn't going to say it again, but I'm coming back to it, and I'm going to say it again. Seth Rollins is going for that Shawn Michaels spot on the GOAT list. But Shawn Michaels is in top three. Some people have Shawn Michaels as their number one well, all time. Those people are, you, know what, you, I call, do, you know what I call those people? Fools. Fools. Just know. Seth Rollins is going for that spot. But you don't have, you, Shawn's not in your top three. Who's your current top three? My current top three is uh, Randy Savage, Stone Cold, and Bret Hart. So who is Seth Rollins kicking out of your top three? Yo, this is going to sound like madness, but Seth Rollins might get Stone Cold out of that top three spot. So <clears throat> Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I'm looking for a new co-host. <laughs> I need a new co-host. Um, we're gonna start the new, new, new era. New era of cheap heat. <sighs> Here's the thing: from a wrestling standpoint, Seth Rollins, you can put him in the conversation with whoever you want. Okay, when it, and from a wrestling standpoint, you can put him in with whoever right. you want. But but how? What what determ what other determinations are you using then, SGG, besides just in ring? Rollins is never gonna be for one, he's never gonna be better on the mic than Austin. Uh, for one, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. So all of those other pieces that you think he doesn't have could come up to where he is in ring. And in ring He's far away ahead of his most of his contemporaries, I'll say, because um, AJ Styles is up there too. But AJ Styles is not going to put the other pieces together to to enter that upper upper echelon. Um, but Rollins, Rollins still has probably what like another ten years on him. Oh yeah, probably if he could stay healthy, he's got a good amount of time left. Yeah, he. He that's that's more than enough time for him to just like to do things we can't even think of. So it, it sounds crazy for me to say right now, but in a decade will it sound that crazy? In five years will it sound that crazy? I don't think so. It no matter when it is, it's gonna be crazy to say over Austin, okay? Not to say if you said top 10, Greg, that would be a crazy conversation. Seth Rollins for top 10 is a crazy but intriguing conversation. Seth Rollins for top three, he can't, by nature, there's certain things 
that people just can't do. No one's going to be able to impact the business the way Hulk Hogan did. It's impossible. No one's going to be able to do what Stone Cold did. It's impossible. So the fact that you chose Stone Cold shows what a fraud you are and how how your your <laughs> bias is so insane because you and I know that of the three in your top three, even though I, like you, have Brett and, and Randy as my two favorites, those two never – they're not – they're more easily tradable with Seth Rollins than Stone Cold. Stone Cold can't move. Here's here's why here's why you need to put some respect on Bret Hart's name. Oh, okay? yeah, like I don't have respect on his name. I, I'm looking at a signed belt that I have of his. Oh, signed title. Sorry, belt. Hold your pants up. I'm looking at a signed title yeah. sitting in my room. But go ahead, tell me about the respect I need to put on his name. You the, the, well, you need to res- respect what that title means, okay? Because listen, you say that nobody can impact the game the way Hogan has. Fair. Austin also impacted the game, but you got to remember, man. Like. I said this before and I'll say this again. Crazy statement number two coming out of me. Bret Hart changed the game in 1997 twice. Like, we probably wouldn't be sitting here on the Cheap Heat podcast if it wasn't for, um, for Bret Hart and, um, the Montreal screw job and the attitude era. But, but you could, blew I up mean, the, the, because the truth is though, even in giving him the Montreal screw job, you're still really giving Vince Mc, it's really Vince's more than anything. That's, Brett was the, Brett was a player in, in Brett was the vessel. Brett was the vessel. It wasn't gonna happen without Brett. Brett was the vessel, but Vince was the protagonist. Not only is he the person who did it all, but afterwards he's the character who shined. Brett went into obscurity afterwards. I mean, the WCW was a mitigated, an unmitigated disaster. Eh, I wouldn't call it a disaster. I wouldn't call it a disaster. If anybody else had Bret Hart's um, WCW career, they'd be very happy with it. It was only felt like a disaster because Bret Hart, being Bret Hart, had the bar set so high that yes. he had to achieve certain things for it to be a success. Yes, that's right. So anybody else, it wouldn't be a disaster. But that's true. But that's but the fact of the matter is because Bret Hart is Bret Hart. Anyways, we're, we're getting in the weeds on it, but I, I just think, you know, you are, I love you. You're a friend. You will always be a part of Cheap Heat, but you are a water cooler yo-yo. That's what you are, SGG. You are a water cooler yo-yo who says crazy things based on your love. Seth Rollins for goat. Cause yeah. Seth Rollins for goat. Randy, Randy Savage is as good as it gets for me personally. I would take him over Hogan seven times a week and and twice on Sunday. Okay, he is. That's not even the. Is it six days a week? You get the idea. I would I would choose Savage as my <laughs> Savage is my guy. But ultimately, if you're doing the Mount Rushmore, you cannot have Savage over Hogan when they were contemporaries and Hogan was clearly. The man carrying the company. Now, Savage was incredible. I can. Yeah, you can. For, but it makes for it non-wrestling related reason. But it makes it invalid. I mean, as far as from a wrestling standpoint, from a sheer argument standpoint, I know that you know this is my just my example. For 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 me, Savage is ahead of Hogan. If you go Peter, who's your favorite? I go Savage. If you go Make a Mount Rushmore, how could I put, for example, Savage in and not Hogan? If really what made Savage amazing is that he managed to be a star in spite of and with Hulk Hogan. That's what makes Savage so amazing is that they were making so much money with Hulk Hogan. And when Savage took the title, they still did really well and made a lot of money. And he still was really popular. And he made it to mainstream stuff. But, like, he's not Hulk Hogan mainstream. You know, I, I just, it, it's, it's, I, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I feel like Savage might be Hulk Hogan mainstream though, but we might have to send Linda on the street to, 
to to figure that one he's, out. No, I, I mean, listen, he's not that far off. Don't get me wrong. The whole thing. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like anybody who knows Hulk Hogan knows Macho Man Randy Savage. It's very close. I mean, don't get me wrong. He did, you know, the whole ooh, yeah thing. Oh, that's all very, very big. Um, Snap into a Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim. By the way, you could also argue. You go to the gas stations, you still see him. You could also argue. You could also argue that the whole way Hogan talked. Well, let me tell you one thing, brother was really kind of based on how Savage talked in real life. You could actually make that argument, like, of how much of an influence Savage was just from being like, yeah, brother. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's who he really was. Um, but anyways, you are a psychopath. Um, Seth Rollins is really great. And, uh, what, and what else do we want to say about, um, about Monday Night Raw? Or do we want to just start getting into, let me, let me what I want to do is, we don't have to keep going through the shows. I opened up my email here, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, here's an email. This is good. Patrick, um, we were watching Backlash, and my son had the idea for the next few weeks, anytime a wrestler goes to pull a chair, table, ladder from under the ring, they should reach under and pull out Titus. <laughs> <laughs> A great job on the network and cheap heat. We're big fans. Sincerely, Patrick and Daniel. Love that. That is really funny. That is a great idea. Um, Mark emails. Rosenberg, Mage Kickoff Show. Did that interaction with the Iconics mean they are also part of the peanut gallery? Also, loved how you got the last word in before the pre-show faded to black. Made me laugh. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, keep up the good work. Enjoy yourself, Mark. By the way... I meant to tell you, I don't know if you were very active on the social media, but it does seem as if Enjoy Yourself is already... Enjoy Yourself is a hit. It's a hit. It was a bona fide... Enjoy Yourself is a bona fide hit. Um, so, shout out to everyone who reached out and showed love to Enjoy Yourself. I enjoyed myself, frankly, uh, reading about it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um... Oh my gosh. I don't think I can read this. This is a very political. Very, okay. Eduardo, I see your email and I will reply to it privately. Um, <laughs> alright, here's, here, here's, oh here's an interesting one from Clay. Rosenberg, yo man, congrats on the show. Seems like it was, it's going awesome so far. I mean, oh, he's talking about Open Late. By the way, new episode of Open Late. Did you watch last night by any chance yet, Craig? I didn't get to see it, but I definitely am planning on it. Uh, that, how do you manage to stir up controversy on an interview that people haven't even watched? Yeah, I, I don't know because people were so angry. People get very. I interview the little girl, bad baby. She's catch me outside, girl, and people. That's the exact reason I wanted to interview her because people get respond to her so viscerally. I wish, yo, she should be. If she was in WWE, can you imagine? I've never seen a heat magnet like Bad Baby. Never seen it. She, she people react, react so strongly, Greg, that just by posting the little video clip, oh yeah, people are like, you're over. You've fallen off. You're, I mean, listen, Funkmaster Flex, my childhood hero, attacked me. Um, yeah, that, that was crazy. He attacked me over Bad Baby. And it's just an interview. But it's funny though, like, when I saw hip, cause I saw hip hop Mike post a picture with her and I was like, Mike, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> and then I saw that you had an interview with her and I was like, oh, okay, I'll give this a look. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, where, where's the clout? Where's the respect on the Rosenberg name? People at least watch it. I mean, you could have fumbled the interview. I don't know. I didn't watch it yet, but at least watch it with the open mind to be like, yo, Rosenberg is going to handle this. Yo, it's, it's, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I am very proud of the interview itself. If you watch it, if you just watch the show, first of all, it's the best episode we've done. It's a very complete show with like a lot of different things going on. And I just love the interview with her is, it, it is very clearly not a cosign. It was a very hard balance, honestly, to do the interview because I didn't want to wag my finger in her face, you know, and be the old man yelling at a 15 year old girl. I'm not doing that. That's not me. And, I'm also not going to co-sign. So it was a challenge, but I loved how it came out. I, I, I want your feedback, Greg, when you watch it. But if you guys get a minute, um, I will. go watch Open Late on Complex. Uh, Bad Baby, Nick Cannon, T Grizzly, Carucci, 
designer. It's a lot of people on this episode. Um, all right. Clay writes, Rosenberg, yo, man, congrats on the show, Bubba. I actually got into cheap heat before I started even watching wrestling. I was surfing the Grantland channel on a cross-country drive, and it was so fun that I decided to give wrestling a shot. So interesting. I love these emails. I watched the Royal Rumble two years ago, and I've been hooked ever since. I've even gotten the opportunity to interact with you and SGG on Twitter before, and Greg decided to follow me back as I was looking for wrestling fan friends at the time. Tell him thanks for that. couple of quick questions. I got for you as I just got into wrestling in the past two years. If you were to suggest to watch a single year in wrestling in its entirety, what would it be? If you were to watch a single run, what would it be? On a podcast, you said there was a certain year that you watched that you got, that got you back into wrestling. I believe you were in college. I believe it was something like 2006, but I can't remember, uh, what it was since then. Um, thanks, man. Keep up the good work and advancing in the career. Win the day. Clay. The only thing you did wrong, Clay, is you should have signed it. Enjoy yourself. But besides that, great email. Or, or stay mage. Or, or stay mage, right. Or I've, what I've been writing is stay mage, comma, enjoy yourself. But um, if you were to suggest a single year in its entirety, to if you're, you know, to me, Greg, because of the network and the option you have in the late 90s to watch everything, because yeah. here's the difference. If you go back to the early 90s, you can't watch everything. Or the late 80s. They don't have every superstars, every challenge. And stories didn't follow. All the, there were only just a few storylines kind of that really worked throughout the whole year back then. So it's sort of different. I think you're instantly talking, you know, the Monday Night Wars. Um, yeah, it has to be like the Raw era, the Nitro era. Yeah, I, I think the year... In 97, it's getting going. In my head, Greg, tell me what you think. What instantly pops into my brain, if you want to watch every episode, like you literally just going to be like every night, I'm going to watch, I'm going to flip on the Raw from one week, I'm going to flip on the Nitro from one week, then I'm going to watch SmackDown, you know, or whatever. Oh, no, SmackDown hadn't started yet. So you're just watching Raw. No, nah, SmackDown started, I think, what, 99? Yeah, yeah, a couple years later. So you're just watching Raw and Nitro, which makes it easier, although they added like... um they added the other WCW shows too, so you could do some of those. But if you mostly just do Raw and Nitro, don't you think the year to do is 98? Yep. Like, it's just, 98 is just a pinnacle of everything happening. Um, it's after the screw job, so we're fully into Vince. It's pre-Owen passing away, so you still have Owen. Um, it's when the, it's when they're really going back and forth. WCW hasn't gone full blown repug yet. It's at its most mage time, you know, because uh, yeah. Bash of the Beach is ninety six. So this is two years. Yep. This is getting towards the end of it for WCW because by the time it gets to ninety nine two thousand, it's starting to turn on you. Ninety eight, you still got it though. And you know what? I know he asked for one year, but why not? Just do ninety seven, ninety eight, and like. Those are those are two of the best right there, because like you said, even in '96 the NWO starts, and in '97, '98 everything really gets going. Yeah, because I really do. I, you I, get to catch the whole rise of Stone Cold. Now, and, and he says, if you were to watch a single run, what would it be? Man, I feel like for me, the the greatest story ever told in wrestling is uh, the Macho Man and Randy Savage. Um, and Miss Elizabeth Love Story, which it goes over several years. And um, I don't think they put it in, in any type of order on the network. But you'd have to watch um, his debut and some of his early matches, uh, the WrestleMania 3 match for sure, to get a get yeah, but, uh, jealous boyfriend stuff. But SGG, that, but that wouldn't be a run because he's asking for a run. So if you want to if you want to tackle that story in terms of a run um, – you would go back and watch the Mega Powers that year. Yeah, then do like the Saturday Night's Main Event stuff, watch yeah. the Mega Powers form, watch them explode, and then fast forward to a couple of WrestleManias and watch them, him get back with Liz, and then so watch be, it the would wedding. be it would be eighty nine, would be really what you'd want to do, right? Eighty uh, seven's WrestleMania three, eighty eight is WrestleMania four. Uh, where the Meg and then the yeah, then, e even the Mega Powers exploded. So yeah, eighty eight to eighty nine would be good. 
but you got to catch those Saturday night's main events in between. Too, oh, they got all of them, baby. Like, it's easy. The hard, yeah, the hard, the really hard part is bits and pieces. The hard part is all they have is Saturday night's main events. Um, they have the pay per views of which there's only a couple at that point. Um, you could try to watch the prime times. Um, that exists from, do they go all the way up that far? I think they do. So it's a little harder to put together, but that, I would watch that. The Mega Powers exploding was, was tremendous. Although, yeah, le- although let's be honest, I mean, Hogan Andre is amazing too. Um, you know, from, yeah. from it getting started with then all the way, th- and that lasted for a long time too. So there's great stuff there. Also, the entire Austin run is, is pretty great. I mean, if you really want to watch a full Triple run, H's reign of terror too. If you want to watch an entire run of a guy just becoming who he becomes, you could start with Brett and Stone Cold, and then watch him all the way through the next couple of years with The Rock, and uh, that's a pretty amazing run too. Okay, um, Christopher writes us and says, "No chance, but maybe a dream." Hey Rosenberg, I know there's no chance of this happening, but the setup for an out of nowhere CM Punk return would be amazing. Punk's fighting at UFC 225 the weekend before Money in the Bank, which, as you know, is in Chicago. Chicago. Win or lose, that crowd will still chant for Punk four years later. Punk retained at the end of his contract at Money in the Bank in Chicago. Brock is no longer scheduled for Money in the Bank, and there's so much talk about comparisons in his title reign and Punk's about how he's going to pass the longest reign and all that. This would need Vince's help, so call in your chips. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can do that. I, I, I can do that. <laughs> Punk shows up at the end of the show, pipe bomb style, promo on Brock, calls him out for SummerSlam. Win or lose, he came back, puts on a hell of a show, and then can stay or leave. Keep up the hard work. Love everything you do. Chris DeCole. Uh, Chris DeCole. Chris Driscoll. Sorry, I was just totally reading that wrong. Thank you, Chris. Um, murdered his name. Murdered your name, but enjoy yourself because that was a great, great thought. I mean, listen, here's the conversation we have to start having. We all believe as wrestling fans that one day CM Punk will return in some fashion. As much as there is bad blood there and a lawsuit and all the different stuff that exists, you want to talk about bad blood there was some bad blood between Bret Hart and the WWE. Some really, yeah. really bad blood. Warrior. Warrior. Everyone, bro. Everyone. Savage would have come back. Everyone comes back. So, seeing as we believe everyone comes back, don't we have to be getting near the time when Punk could come back? Like, it sounded crazy a couple years ago, but are we really coming up on four years already? Is that what we're talking? I think it's past the four-year mark because um, he left right before WrestleMania 30, right? He left right after that Royal Rumble. And um, so, yeah, we passed the four-year mark already. Are you – it was WrestleMania 30? Yeah. And look, just as he said it, Bleacher Report. Comparing Brock Lesnar and CM Punk's historic run. Punk, uh, SB Nation. Punk vs. Brock, a tale of two title reigns. That's just people being petty though. <laughs> because, um, the speculations that Brock is gonna break Punk's, um, longest reign in the modern era. And I say speculation, but it's probably gonna happen. And so people, uh, people feel like Brock didn't earn that. I think he only has like 10 title defenses or something, something ridiculously low. And I'm pretty sure CM Punk has like 10 times that. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're close in terms of how much they worked or even what their impact is. You know, Punk's impact was so big. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can get. The... So crazy that we're talking about it being so long ago. Final storylines, 2013-2000. Depart. Punk did not appear on the January 27th episode of Raw, nor did he appear on the SmackDown taping on Tuesday, despite being advertised for the event. By Wednesday, WW.com stopped advertising Punk for future events. So, yeah, this is late January. 
So yeah, it had been reported that on Monday prior to Raw, he legitimately walked out after telling Vince McMahon and Triple H that he was going home. On February 20th, during a conference called Investors, McMahon said Punk was, quote, taking a sabbatical. On the March 3rd episode of Raw, WWE acknowledged Punk's absence on television when the show started with Punk's entrance music playing, only for former manager Paul Heyman to walk out. WWE proceeded to remove Punk from the footage for their promotion of video- videos. This lasted until the first half of July, where WWE used footage of Punk to promote the WWE Network. It's crazy, too, when you think about it, man. That was Think about what a difference four years makes for an athlete. 35 versus 39. You know what I mean? Well, especially since he hasn't been, he hasn't been um, in the ring. I mean, I don't know what his training has been like I mean, for listen, the octagon, but if he's not in ring shape, he's hit the reset button. Bro, I mean, listen, it's, everything's different. Wrestling's obviously very different. You can be great well into your 40s, of course. We're watching it right now with guys. AJ Styles is, AJ Styles, what, 40? I think he's 39. He looks like he'll be fine into his 40s. Cena in his 40s. Um, Rocky comes back in his 40s. I mean, listen, it's all doable. But think about the difference between like how many quarterbacks you can think of who still played pretty solid football at 35. And then think about how many quarterbacks played solid football at 39. It happens. Well, AJ, AJ Styles is 40 and he's turning 41 um, in a few weeks, um, June 2nd. It's just very different. Um, by the way, Hogan really good into his 40s. Hogan was doing good work. Yo, isn't that crazy? Hogan's what? Hogan's 61 or something? Are you looking at the internet? What's Hogan's exact age? I'm going to plug that into the... Because Bash at the Beach was 96. That's Yeah, Hogan is 64. So in 96... Bruh, that's 22 years ago, right? Summer 96, he was in his 40s. Yo, he was so he was 42 at Bash at the Beach? Yep. Yo, think about that. Isn't that crazy to kind of think about? Like that's wild. That that you look back now and you don't think of him as being that old then. You know, yes we thought he was kind of old at the time when we were kids like wow, Hogan's still around, he's old. But when you really look back and now that you and I, you know, are in our 30s, um you really <laughs> you really think about how not old he was then. And then you think about he comes back and has an amazing match with Rock Years after that. Yeah. What is that, five years later? At WrestleMania X8. It was X8, correct? Correct, that's 16 years ago, man. He was 48 years old in that match with The Rock. And that was a nice match, man. He was still getting up on that leg drop. It's crazy. So also, we didn't mention that um, there are there is more information that seems to be coming out that Hogan is getting closer and closer to signing. It just does, it does seem like to me, and I'm not trying to shill here, um, but it does seem clear to me that they are being, the WWE is moving very delicately at this idea, right? Like they want to do it, but if they, if they didn't care at all and they thought all was forgotten, it would have been done already. They, yeah, I mean, listen, of, of course they want to do it. He, they only have, so many cash cows, especially in terms of nostalgia, and he's one of them. But what? But how do you? Like, how do it's you? Just that simple. But how do you even utilize him right now if he comes back? Because is it really worth the hubbub until you have something for him? That that's my one thing, Greg. Let's get let's get the feelings out of the way for a second. You know, you and I have spoken both at length that we feel it's not just about saying I made a mistake, although that's part of it. It's about actions. It's about doing the right things moving forward. It's about talking to kids. It's about all the things that he can do to turn. It's not about just apologizing. This is a really important note. I know this sounds crazy, right? And again, on a different level, this is like people watching the Bad Baby interview. This is about nuance. It's not about good or bad. Everyone is different, man. It's about taking something that was clearly bad and turning it into good behavior. Right? It's turning the, it's turning something bad into something good. That's the opportunity that exists here. You know, like, you see something horrible that happened. 
I can easily, you put me in a marketing meeting, if they were to bring me to Stanford right now, I could stand in a room in front of everyone and explain to them how this is not something to be scared of. This is an opportunity. Let's turn this an opportunity to do something really cool and really positive. So that's how I see that situation. But let's talk about, and by that I mean dealing with children, speaking honestly about what happened, um, you know, creating maybe some sort of coalition within the wrestling world between black talent and white talent. Like there's a lot of things you could do. But from a sheer business standpoint, why deal with the potential negative energy and press of bringing him back if it's just being like him to come back and be like, watch the network, brother? What's the point? Yeah, there's there's no reason to. And honestly, that, that really is like one of the only roles for him is um some sort of ambassador role, like... He, it's, he's not getting back in the ring. That's not a thing that they should do or even consider doing. Well, but but um, but also, I think there's something in between those things. But what is that? And do you know what it is yet? Is there? No, I don't. Like, is there? Is there an opportunity? Is there some sort of opportunity to utilize him on camera in a different way? You know, not generic general manager. I'm talking about a good story. I'm talking about putting him with someone in a way that makes sense. Like a lot of people may not like it and Kurt Angle may not win an Emmy, but the idea of putting Kurt together with Jason Jordan makes sense, right? In terms of the kind of athlete Jason Jordan is. That makes sense. There is something to do there. Right. You may not love the execution, although let's be honest, before Jason Jordan got hurt, we will we were all starting to it love the execution. Executed really well. Right. We actually were we were all into it. So, what can you do with Hulk Hogan? If you're going to go through this trouble of bringing him back, I think get creative and think of a good way to do it. That is. But that's the thing, though. Do they want to bring him on the road every week? I mean, they could. I mean, listen, I'm sure he's willing to do it. I think I think he misses it, man. I think he wants to be back around it. I do. So it's an option. It's just about what, how are you doing it? And not only how are you doing it in terms of what is he saying and doing to make people feel better and to be positive, but yeah, from a straight up business standpoint, what are you doing in terms of, you know, something really dope that makes sense creatively? Um, SGG, let's read one more email, um, and then do the Black Power rankings and be up out of here. I watch wrestling. Hey, Peter, I watch wrestling often with my 11-year-old daughter, Lila. Occasionally, I'll listen to Cheap Heat when I'm in the car with her because you and the physically strong stack guy typically keep it clean and family-friendly. We were listening last Sunday before we watched the Greatest Royal Rumble, and I believe Greg said something about, quote, not knowing more than the writers. Now, Lila is aware that wrestlers are not the same people as their characters on TV. Oh, no. But she immediately asked if the writers write who wins and loses the matches. Oh, no. I had to decide on the spot to lie and keep up kayfabe or break the news. She's a super smart kid, and I feel like the truth is always best. So I told her that the outcomes are predetermined. Cover yours, Dipperstein. She didn't love that. She felt winning doesn't mean as much that way. But we had a nice discussion on how wrestling really works, how wins and losses matter, and how people who win the titles have earned their spots for their performances. After it all sank in, she was back to loving wrestling, and now we talk about what we watch on TV and we discuss backstage things. She even has read some of the Maker of Shoes book, that I, some of the stories that I felt were age-appropriate. She's now a smark. Lila is painting in the kitchen, and I'm writing this as we listen to Cheap Heat right now. Thanks to you and Stack Guy Greg for what you guys do. Stage ma- stay mage. JB. Well, JB, I want you and Lila to enjoy yourself in watching wrestling together. And I thought that was a great, I wanted to read that story for all the parents out there because maybe this is something that they can incorporate in their life or not and choose to decide to keep it up as long as they choose to. But I love that email. SGG, um, it's time for the Black Power Rankings. Try not to ruin wrestling for any little kids. And I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. All right, what do you got, SGG? 
And at number three, um, this one surprised me, but I have to go with it. Um, Brandy Rhodes. Uh, she makes it because she had a couple of matches in Japan. I believe she had four matches. And she wrestled them with a broken clavicle. Wow. Which, yeah. Um, so she's back in the States now. I think she's going to require some surgery. But, I mean, come on. Just the sheer toughness of it to go through uh, four matches with uh, two broken clavicles. I think she she deserves a spot on the Black Power rankings. At the very least. At the very least. So she's going in at number three. Um, and at number two, Velveteen Dream, who... I mean, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of this guy uh, every time we see him out. Now, we hadn't really seen much of him since TakeOver New Orleans, but uh, he popped up on this week's NXT to sort of challenge Ricochet and tease a future matchup between those two going forward. And mm, um, Here for it. For, for getting me hooked and backed into it, yeah, I'm intrigued. So Velveteen Dream is coming in at number two. And in at number one, uh, Ember Moon. Uh, we spoke a little bit about Ruby Riot and how talented she is. Everybody knows how talented Sasha Banks is. But Ember Moon was in a triple threat match with uh, both of them. And she also held her own, even came out on top to yes, secure her spot in the in the women's Money in the Bank match. So for that, Ember Moon's going in number one. Black wow, big week for Ember Moon. Who knew? She gets the big win and then even bigger than the win, the number one slot in the Black Power rankings. Wow, big week. The coveted, the coveted, the coveted number one spot. Um, well, listen, shout out to everyone who showed love. Um, I think it's one of those weeks again where reach out, show love on Instagram, uh, show love on the Twitter at Rosenberg Radio at Stack Guy Greg. If you support the podcast, we reportedly have like thirty, forty, fifty thousand people who listen every week. So if you're among the group that love this show enough, and I'm guessing that number is probably down to a lower number, that listen to it to the bitter end. Those of you right now driving in your car with your families, those of you in the gym, those of you sitting at work, if you're in the group that listens, you're the core people, I would love for you to also go support my other show because that show is a grind and I am working my ass off to do it and I think we're putting together something that's really dope. So would love those thumbs up from you guys on YouTube, youtube.com slash complex. Open late, the new episode's up right now. Uh, but SGG, I want you to have a wonderful weekend, and more importantly, I need you to stay mage. I will, and I will definitely enjoy myself. And it is about to go down. Enjoy yourself.